this morning, we want to invite you to join us in a musical, a lakeside musical celebration of Christmas. This morning, we share with you when the ultimate becomes the intimate this morning. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you'll be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the half happiest season of all with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call it's the half happiest season of all there'll be parties for hosting marshmallows for toasting and caroling out in the snow there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of christmas is long long ago it's the most wonderful time of the year There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near It's the most wonderful time of the year time of the year There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near It's the most wonderful time It's the most wonderful time It's the most wonderful time of the
the Let's give it up for our praise team here at Lakeside Assembly. Christmas is now. Oh, yes. I could swear the same snow machine is in our subdivision. Did you notice it only snowed on one side of the stage here this morning? I just, I mean, I could swear that uh, that snow machine uh, on our subdivision dumps more snow on my driveway than my neighbor's driveway. My, my, my. Oh, that was a lot of fun this morning. Hey, do you remember your favorite Christmas uh, gifts? 
that you received when you were a kid? Huh? I, I, I hope the arteries haven't become so clogged that you can't look back. And Do you remember some of your most favorite, favorite Christmas presents? I do. Uh, uh, one grandpa got me a fort with cowboys and Indians. Another grandpa uh, on my mom's side, he got me a, an exploding remote control army tank. And then the other grandfather, he came back and got me a Cape Canaveral rocket ship set. And then the other grandpa, uh, competing with the, the other one, got me Mr. Mercury, a remote control robot that I still have in my memory box at home. They were awesome, awesome gifts when I was a, a child. When I look back, teenager, I got a telescope and I got a microscope because I wanted to be a scientist so bad. Do you remember the worst gifts that you got when you were a kid? Clothes. Come on, Mom and Dad. Don't load it up with clothes this year. Oh, I, I still like giving big boy toys instead of just getting clothes at Christmas. My favorite Christmas gifts, though, my favorite Christmas gifts this time of the year, Julie, my daughter Jenny. I'll slip Ryan, Julie's husband, in there. <laughs> then, of course, my grandsons, Jack, and Logan, oh, they, they have put a whole new side to Christmas uh, for me. But Christmas, there's a side to it that can break my heart between Julie and Jenny. I have a son whose name is Jonathan, and he's a pastor in Southern California. And his dear wife and him, they won't be with us this Christmas. Christmas, in that context, means separation. But I want you to imagine the separation that first Christmas presented. We think of family get-togethers at Christmas. But Christmas, for our Heavenly Father, and his son Jesus meant separation. For the Father and Jesus, it meant goodbye, farewell. As for Jesus, it meant a manger and then later a cross. So why did they say goodbye to one another that first Christmas? Why? What motivated them? Love? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, who because of His love for you and me chose not to be home that first Christmas. And that's the story of Christmas. You know, there's a Christmas song which touches my heart each time I hear it, whether... I'm driving my car up Shaner Road at home or shopping at Walmart. When I hear this song, it so knocks upon the door of my heart. It reminds me of a story. It reminds me of a National Guard army soldier 
who was also a young father. He was faithfully serving our country in Afghanistan. And that Christmas had been especially hard on his two boys and his little girl. You see, it wasn't toys. It wasn't gifts and gadgets and video games that they wanted for Christmas. When they wrote Santa a letter that Christmas, or when they sat on Santa's lap at school, and Santa asked them what they wanted for Christmas, all they could say was, we want our daddy to be home for Christmas. If only in my dreams 
this yeah. this entire year have you kids been good yeah were you good to your mom throughout the entire year yeah, yeah. do you want a dog no. no would you want a dolly no what about a toy truck no no well what is it that you want for christmas You want your daddy home for Christmas? Yeah. Well, let's see what Santa can do for that. Daddy!
One of the sweetest words that I enjoy at Christmas time is the word that you just heard sung, Emmanuel. Can you say that name with me? Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a very special deity title that is found in the Bible. It's a God title. It's a name for God. Did you realize that the name Emmanuel comes in two parts. The first aspect of Emmanuel reveals God as being the one and only ultimate. There's no greater ultimate than our Creator God. Just to illustrate how ultimate He really is. Just recently, astronomers discovered the largest star in the entire Milky Way, our home galaxy. It's a weird name. Ui Scuti. Ui Scuti. Just how big is Ui Scuti? It is five billion times larger than our own sun. I challenge you to try to detect on the screen the sun. It is so microscopically small in compared to this newly discovered star, the largest object in our galaxy, Ui Scuti. Just how big is this star, you ask? Well, you know I'm going to tell you. If you were to get on a commercial jet plane and to travel around the world, how long would it take you to travel around our planet at 600 miles an hour in a commercial airlines jet? It would take you a little over 24 hours to travel around our planet Earth at 600 miles an hour. How long would it take you to travel just once around Ui Scuti? 1,250 years. It is so big. And our God spoke it into being. But Ui Scuti, this largest star, is just one of billions of stars in our own Milky Way galaxy. Last October, if you were to ask scientists how many galaxies, each with billions of stars in them, how many galaxies are in our universe, they would have told you the latest estimate is 200 billion galaxies, each with billions of stars. But in November... In November, a shocking new announcement came from the astrophysical sciences. Due to advanced satellite technology like the Hubble Space Telescope, we now know, this was re revealed just last month, there are not 200 billion galaxies in our universe. There are at least 2 trillion galaxies each with billions of stars in each in our universe. What does it all add up to? We have a big, big God. He's the ultimate. 
No wonder the Bible proclaims in Psalms 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Such a big God. So considering how big our ultimate Father is, in comparison, we're less than a speck of dust. It's no wonder the psalmist King David wrote, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Did you hear that? How do we know that such a big ultimate God cares about you and I. That's the amazing, incredible story of Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is all about the, the second powerful truth behind Emmanuel. It's that when Jesus was born, the ultimate became intimate. Matthew 1.23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Christmas reminds us that our Emmanuel is with you when you feel like a complete failure at work, at school, at home, on the job. Emmanuel reminds us that God is with us when it seems like everybody's giving you the, the cold shoulder, the silent treatment. They're talking about you on Facebook. God is with you. He's with you when the one who said, till death do us part, is now saying, till divorce do us part. He's with you when you're, when you're overwhelmed by the nausea of chemo and, and, and you're wondering how much more you can take. He's especially with you when you're burdened with your guilts, your shame, your regrets. And you cry out to him, I'm a sinner. And he says to you, I'm your savior. He's especially with you then. You see, he's just as close as the mention of his name. Emmanuel. He's here with us this morning. He's walking up and down these aisles to meet you at your point of need. And he's the ultimate. He's big enough to move any mountain. He's big enough to tear down any stronghold. He's big enough, hallelujah, to tear down any Jericho wall, to carry your burdens. He's bigger than disease. He's bigger than divorce. He's bigger than depression or despair. He's bigger than the very devils and the demons of hell. Because our Emmanuel is the ultimate. But the ultimate took on flesh and blood so that he could fully understand us empathize with us be intimate with us to understand our pains our griefs uh, our temptations do you agree with me no one understands like Jesus you see Christmas 
It's a surprise story. There was nothing about Joseph and Mary. There was nothing about the stable or that feeding trough, the, the, the manger, that even remotely suggested the ultimate was being birthed and born there. Christmas, yes, it's a surprise story. Jesus wasn't what the world expected. He's what the world needed. How great our joy to be able to say, Emmanuel, God's with us.
how great our joy. Well, have you been watching on the news, seeing the annual war on Christmas? Fox News ran a story this morning of how they sent uh, a fake survey to Virginia Tech University. There they were surveying the students. And they asked the students if Christmas offends at least one person, would you sign a petition to cancel Christmas? 98% of the students signed the petition. Did you see this banner uh, in the news that an atheist posted next to a nativity scene? No gods, no devils, no angels, myths, superstition. Or how about in our own state capital, Lansing, Michigan, the Satanist out of Detroit, the country's largest satanic chapter, has put a snake activity scene at our own state capital. Such is again the war on Christmas. Oh, take that off the screen. I've seen it long enough. I want to ask you a question. What if, what if, what if Jesus had never ever been born or entered our world? What would history have been like? What would the present be like if there had never been the Christ of Christmas? Most of the world's greatest music art, literature, architecture, would be gone, be absent. For Jesus is the inspiration of most of our culture today. A world without Christmas would have no public education, health care, disaster relief organizations, child labor laws, or orphanages as we know it. A world without Christmas would have no equality for women or civil rights as we understand them today. Do you know that major portions of our United States Constitution, even the laws that our nation were founded upon, would be missing, absent, if there was no Christmas? And of course there would be no churches, there would be no worship, for these were all birthed. By the Christ of Christmas. And worst of all, worst of all, in a world without Christmas, there would be no hope. Did you watch the recent interview of Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama? And Oprah asked our president's wife, Michelle Obama, about hope. Michelle Obama basically said, hope is dead. There is no hope any longer. Of course, she was speaking in a political context, but when I heard those words, hope is, is dead, I thought, how tragic. How tragic. A world without Christmas does offer a life without hope. Uh, without the Christ of Christmas, think of it, we would remain unforgiven. We would remain guilty. We would still be in our sins. This life would be all that there is. There would be nothing to hope for. 
There would be a no vacancy sign posted in heaven for us. But because of Christmas, I said, but because of Christmas, Jesus was not only gently laid in a manger, but he was nailed cruelly to a cross uh, where he paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay. We needed someone to take our sins away. Christmas reveals that someone, and his name is Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, our eternal sacrifice heaven's lamb john the baptist said in john 1 behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world heaven's lamb Shepherds left their flocks that night To behold a perfect man Wise men came from far away To a humble place in Beneath the starlit sky, a child's cry broke through the silent night. That moment time stood still, God's love had been revealed in a father's sacrifice. When heaven's lay was born, a precious gift was given, from the Father's side, bringing hope and life for all who
Praise the Lord. Heaven's Lamb was born that first Christmas. But Jesus came not only as our Savior, the Lamb of God, but the Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Let there be no doubt this morning. Jesus wasn't appointed. Jesus was not elected by an electoral college. He wasn't born president-elect waiting for his inauguration day. Jesus, let there be no doubt, was born King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lift up your heads, no need to mourn. His hand is stretched out still. For unto us a child is born, his promise to fulfill. Grow, 
I submit to you they just saw a peasant baby. There was nothing kingly about baby Jesus whatsoever. He was not arrayed in the trappings of royalty. The Bible says that he was wrapped in strips of cloth, swaddling clothes, a poor peasant child. Yet Matthew 2.11 gives us the response of the wise men. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. I like that. Before Jesus would ever sit upon a throne, before he would ever reign as Lord of Lords, by faith, I said by faith, these three wise men, worshiped Jesus as their Lord and their King right now. Their worship response powerfully reveals a faith principle to us here this morning. You see, we live in a world that says, I'll believe it when I see it. That's completely in opposition to what the Bible teaches about faith. For the Christian who walks by faith and not by sight, we operate by the faith dimension. When I believe it, then I will see it. There it is. See, anybody can praise God after a miracle. Anybody can praise God after the healing takes place. But the real miracle of faith is when you keep praying, you keep praising, you keep believing, but the miracle is on its way. There it is. Do you hear me in this? The real miracle of faith is when you're able to keep praising your Lord, the light of the world, while you're surrounded by darkness and despair. I want you to know that this is more than just preaching. This is real life. It's real life right in our congregation. I want you to hear the testimony right now of one of our choir members, Carol Knabler. I'm going to ask Carol to join me down here right now. 
if she would. And I want you to hear her story this morning. I want you to know that this is more than the preaching of a preacher. God bless you, Carol. Would you give her a hand as she comes? God bless you. Carol, I understand that it was April of 2015 that you and your husband got the tragic news that Russ, your husband, was diagnosed with esophageal cancer that later then became lung cancer. I understand as I heard Carol's story that they wanted, they tried to operate, but they were unable to operate on his lungs because of the mass that was there, but they could not perform the operation. Yes, because of the extreme pain that it would result in. 30 rounds of chemo or radiation, I should say, 18 treatments of, of, of chemo. And two weeks ago in the chemo room, hospice came in to share the procedures with Carol and her husband. Because in September, the doctors announced that Russ was terminal. But I understand that about 10 days ago that uh, some scans were done. But first of all, Carol, I want to know, how have you been dealing with this? When you, when you heard the news back in April of cancer and hospice and the chemo, the radiation and... Uh, the news of it's now terminal. How have you responded to this? Well, at first scared, but now just pray. Just uh, praying for a miracle. Who's been praying with you? My church family, my choir. Your choir? They've all been praying for you? Yes, and um, Dawn, she's been awesome. And uh, there's actually two of my sister in the choir that fasted for four days, I believe, for us. Two of your dear friends fasted and prayed for four days. I think they've only met Russ once. And so. But I understand that 10 days ago, some scans uh, were undertaken on Russ. What was the report? Well, he had a pet, uh, CAT scan done and a bone scan, and um, the bone scan showed nothing because they thought it was going to move from the lung into the, uh, his bones. And there was nothing there. And there was nothing spread. No cancer? No cancer in that part, yeah. Nothing spread? Yeah. Our God is still in the miracle business. Our God is still in the healing business. Again, if that touch doesn't touch your heart, something's wrong. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Can we have the lights up just a little bit right now? Not the whole way. I don't want to blind people. Just up a bit so we can see. Yeah. I understand Russ is here this morning. Where are you at, Russ? There he is, right there. Bless you. We don't want to mislead you. Russ is not out of the woods yet. There's still yet some miracle, wonder-working, healing business that God has to do in his body. But Russ, let me tell you something I've learned as a pastor. This is a token to you. It's a sign to you that God is at work in you, buddy. And what our Lord has finished, he will complete. And turn it all over to him. He's a God who delights in doing a complete overhaul, body, mind, soul, and spirit. What he's done for others, he will do for you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We still need to see a complete miracle, and I have five other men in the church afflicted with cancer that I want you to remember in prayer. Dean Harris, Larry Martin, Bill Sexton, Herb Wolfenbarger. Russ, here this morning. God's in the miracle business. He's the ultimate. He loves moving mountains and tearing down strongholds. We stand upon that word that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. I want you to stretch a hand towards Russ and Carol this morning. Let's pray for complete healing. And upon these other men that I've named this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come into faith agreement even right now with Carol and Russ, that what you have begun, you will finish, O Lord. Father, we stand upon the promise that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And we speak the healing virtue of our God who will not and cannot fail to move into his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And also upon Dean Harris, Larry Martin, Bill Sexton, and Herb Wolfenbarger, in the name of Jesus, be thou healed. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that when the PET scan and when the MRI was done, they could not find the mass. It was gone. We thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people would say, Amen. And amen. Show your love and appreciation this morning, gentlemen. God bless you, Carol. God bless you, Carol. Hey, let me tell you, when you walk with this kind of God confidence, you're able to say, I don't have to wait for the financial blessing. I'm going to praise him now.
I'm not going to wait until all the pain is gone. I'm going to thank him now. <laughs> I'm not going to wait until I see the test results. I'm going to believe now. I'm going to worship him now. I don't need to see the miracle yet in my marriage or my home. I'm going to praise him now. Even before I see Jericho's walls come crashing down, I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to lift up my hands, and I'm going to praise him now. Hey, no matter what you're facing this morning, no matter what you're going through, Christmas calls us to worship Him now. Hallelujah. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of our dear Savior's birth Long may the world and sin and error pining Till He appears and the soul felt its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder sake A new and glorious morn Fall on your knees oh, Divine, oh night, when Christ was born, oh night, oh holy night, oh night To love one another His love is love And His gospel is peace Chains shall he break For the slave is our brother And in His name all oppression shall cease Sweet hymns of joy In grateful chorus raise We let all within us Praise His holy name Christ is the Lord Oh, praise his name forever, His power and glory 
manger the first time that Jesus came. He came as a baby in a manger surrounded by donkeys, goats, cows, pigs. The next time he comes, though, he'll be riding a white stallion through the clouds of heaven, <laughs> riding in victory, riding in glory. The first time that Jesus came, he was nailed to a rugged cross. The next time he comes, he'll step down upon the Mount of Olives and he will reign for a thousand years. The first time he came, he was ridiculed by King Herod. He was dressed up like a clown. He was dragged before Pilate to be whipped, uh, tortured, and spat upon. The next time he comes, Herod will bow down before him. Pilate will bow down before him. Even Satan, Lucifer of hell, will bow down before him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. For he who was born king is king of kings and lord of lords and we one day we shall behold him
Would you give him praise and honor and glory? Would you stand in honor to him? For one day we shall see him with the seeing eye. We shall behold him. Let's give all the glory, the honor, the praise to the Christ of Christmas. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We look forward to that day when we shall behold him. But right now, this moment, he's Emmanuel, God with us. Walk with him. Live for him. He's just as close as the mention of his name. Well, how about it, congregation? How about it, guests, this morning? How about this Lakeside Assembly of God Choir? Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, choir. Wow, what a blessing. And our praise team. Amen. And we want to give thank you to our keyboardists. We want to give thanks to our tech booth. Thank you, Gideons. Thank you, Carol Knabler, and that beautiful testimony. Thank you, all of you who have made, again, our Lakeside Christmas celebration so very, very special. This morning, I want to pray a Christmas blessing upon you. I want to speak a blessing upon one and all. I want to remind you that next week, next week, next week, I promise you, I promise you, it won't be a two-hour service. Three services for you to choose from. Three one-hour services. Please make your family Christmas so very special by joining us for these carols of Christmas. There will be beautiful drama that will go on during the singing of the Christmas carols. Will speak blessing over you. It will make a difference in your Christmas family get together. Today, right now, this morning, perhaps you're not right with God. Today, right now, at this moment, you would not be prepared to behold Him. I remind you that He was not only born King. But he was born Savior. He desperately loves you. Don't spend another Christmas without the Christ of Christmas in your heart. I want to close in prayer. And I'm going to pray what we call a salvation prayer. If you want to include yourself in this prayer as we pray, I'm just going to ask you as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift up your hand. God will see that hand. He'll see it as a sign of your faith this morning. And if you pray that prayer and invite Christ into your heart, there will be pastors, there will be elders that will be down here at the front. After the service, let them know about the most important decision of your life in all eternity. Let us pray. Repeat this prayer after me, everyone. Dear Jesus, at this Christmas season, I come before you and I confess
I've sinned. I'm a sinner. But Jesus, you're my Savior. Save me from my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life. Come into my heart today to stay. I commit my life to you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing me, for changing me, for giving me new life. I thank you, Jesus, that I am saved. If you prayed that prayer this morning, Jesus has entered your life, the Christ of Christmas. Now I pray, Father, that the grace of our God and the love of the Son, Christ Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be upon one and all this Christmas season. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. And everyone would say, Amen and Amen. Merry Christmas if I don't get a chance. I love you.